Hey team, it's Matt Rinkine here. And you might have heard, my brand new book releases on Amazon on March 8th. It's been a labor of love that I think can really help you navigate some of the challenges you're experiencing in your own life. I go over toxic positivity and how to think you're in it for everyone else. In reality, you're in it for yourself. And I express that through this entire book and help learn from our own mistakes and how to turn the lens on ourselves and ask good questions. So go to Amazon on March 8th and you can get the Kindle version for only 99 cents. Just search for the book title, The Eternal Optimist. It's never too late. And you can download it directly to your device. That's it for me. Let's get into today's episode. I'd like to welcome to the show my new friend, Mr. Corey Carlson. Corey, welcome to the show, sir. Matt, thank you very much for having me. And I've already enjoyed our conversation hit pre-record. We've already gone way longer than we planned to because we're just good chemistry. So I'm looking forward to this. It's been enjoyable so far. And I like to ask you what may be a layup or maybe a, a rabbit hole question. How are you doing today? I'm actually, I'm doing really well today. We just moved to a new house. And so if you would ask me this question a couple of days ago, I was not doing very well. I was overwhelmed with boxes, overwhelmed with, oh my goodness, what did I just get myself into? Kind of all those pieces. But now I'm at a good place, had some productive work days. The family seems to be moving in the right direction. I'm a little sad at the same time. My college daughter is leaving in a week for her sophomore year. So I am treasuring every minute I can to soak it up with her. Matt, I actually just made a post on LinkedIn. It's going to be coming out here soon. But this whole idea, my morning routine lately has stunk. Oh, And it's been on purpose because I have been staying up late, watching movies with my college daughter, eating ice cream, and just hanging out, talking. And I love my morning routine where I do the whole, you know, get up at five, work out, quiet time, spend time journaling the word. And I've just shifted it. Some days I've completely missed working out because I wasn't able to fit it in. Other days I've just done it differently, maybe in the evening or something. So it's just been awesome. But really for those listeners, we're going to miss up our morning routines at times. Some is by choice because we want to spend time with the college daughter. Others, it's just going to be we've been working late or whatever. But the good news is we can recalibrate at any time. And so I am being intentional to be with my college daughter before she leaves. And then come August or, you know, when she's off to college, then I will recalibrate, get my morning teen back in the game, stop eating late night ice cream and stop doing those things. Yes. I I love your word recalibrate. And I love that you're giving us permission as high achievers, as those who want to make progress or be the best version of ourselves, frame it how you will. I love that you're giving us permission to hey, give yourself a little bit of a compassion and grace certain times because sometimes certain things take priority. And I'd love to ask you, when I say give yourself some compassion or grace, what might that mean to you in this instance or in any others, just being able to pause? And I mean, I am okay. that high achiever that this podcast listener is. The people that listen to it, I'm that same individual. So for me, I have to give myself permission to rest. I have to give myself permission to, hey, it's okay not to be firing off emails or hopping on LinkedIn or trying to get that next coaching client or the next speaking engagement or, hey, this mastermind I'm running is going fantastic. I better launch another cohort. I better get moving fast, like chop, chop, let's go. And so that can be my default to go, go. And so I have to give myself permission to rest and to slow down and to be present when I'm home. And so sometimes that not only is it permission, but also I'm human. So I need to set up boundaries. Otherwise I'll trip up. 
And so it's setting up boundaries and that's been some growing pains. Not only did I experience them when I was in corporate America, but also on this entrepreneurial journey of building a coaching practice. I'm super curious about this. I love to go into some challenges that you've overcome. And whenever I hear the transition from the corporate to the entrepreneur, I resonate very heavily with that. And I'm curious, can you talk a little bit about your corporate America and what inspired you to make the shift into entrepreneur? Yeah, I think for anyone listening, there's a piece of wherever you're at right now, you don't have to stay there. And so for me, there were different times in my life where I wasn't pleased or satisfied or content with where I was at. At times I thought I was stuck, but then I realized I wasn't and I could get out of it. And most of the time it took a guide. And so what happened with me, Matt, is actually 10 years ago this month, I was an executive with an international company in the civil engineering space. I was a VP of $120 million division and managing people. And basically, I was skipping the gym. And I just talked about skipping the gym intentionally because of my college daughter. I was skipping the gym because I didn't know how else to do it. I was not doing my quiet time. I remember the kids playing on the carpet and I had my laptop on my lap at night. And I was like, there's just got to be a better way. I was also finding myself taking my identity to my job. If I did well, then I thought I was the man. And if I didn't do well, I quite frankly thought I was going to get canned. And so taking your identity to work is never a good thing because it's temporary. But I didn't understand all those things at that time. So I went to my boss and said, hey, I love working with you, but we're going different directions all the time. I need help. And he said, hey, hire an executive coach. I've always had one. And I was like, why didn't you tell me this sooner? But uh, anyways, I found an executive coach that I wanted to hire. I also interviewed the ones that HR told me I needed to interview because they had passed the process. So I interviewed them, but I said, I want mine, the one I found. And thank the Lord, I got permission to go with that individual 10 years ago, and I still have the same coach. So I made the transition to hire a coach because I was stuck. I did not think the lifestyle I was living was sustainable, so I hired a coach. So that began one part of my story. Another part was I was president of sales for a national contractor, and I had this itch, Matt, that I had been using the coaching tools on other people. I saw it change my life, become a better father, husband, leader, but I also saw the 30 people on my sales team get better as well as EBITDA improved. When I saw that happen, I was like, I want to do this for a living. And so I wanted to get out of corporate and go into coaching, but I didn't have the guts. I didn't have the guts for reasons maybe some listeners don't have the guts to pursue some things. I had my identity tied into a cool title like president of sales, and I didn't want to go to bottom of totem pole coach. I had some security issues thinking this big fat salary and health insurance paid for by somebody else is much more secure than starting out at zero. <laughs> Dude, I, so I, I, I resonate so deeply just, with what you're saying right now. This is like, you're telling my story too. Oh <laughs> I, gosh, I love, it was yeah. almost 10 years ago right now, this Oh, month. cool. Uh, oh, man. I have, that, 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 that's unbelievable. Yeah. And so, you know, not only we share some similar stories, but I think hopefully there's a listener maybe listening that going to have a similar story, you know, when they start making some transitions. And so, Matt, for me, I honestly did not have the guts to leave for those listening. And as I tell my clients all the time, you know, I try to encourage people to have the guts go for it. But in this situation, I didn't have it. I was too scared. I, you know, young at the time, my kids were all in high school. I mean, some still are. But anyways, at the time, and we're thinking about college and how's this all going to work? Well, the decision was made for me. 
We were a company that went to try to go through an exit and be sold. And we went through the whole due diligence, getting interviewed by different private equity companies. Long story short, we pretty much signed the due diligence with one particular private equity company. During the 60-day due diligence, about the 45th day, they got cold feet. They left because they didn't like the strengths of our patents. Well, anytime a company sale doesn't go through, then pretty much everyone else thinks something else must stink inside that company. We don't want it either. Or if we do want it, we want a, a severe discount. How that shook out is our company decided, hey, we're not selling. So we're going to do, instead of being a national company, we're going to ratchet it down. This is going to be a cash play. And so when that happened, we terminated some people and I was one of them. You know, when you get rid of some regions, you don't need a president of sales anymore. Yeah. Wow. And Wow. So I got fired. I got fired August 2016. And when I got fired, I got a four-month severance package. I called my wife and I said, babe, I got good news and I got bad news. The bad news is I just got fired. The good news is I got a four-month severance package. Can I please try to give coaching a run? And she says, yes, you have four months. (laughs) You have four months to try it. And go get a big boy job. No, wow. she was very kind. She was very kind. But it, I did have four months because we had to figure it out. Anyways, I did. I went forward and in four months, I couldn't get coaching all the way to 100%. I got to roughly 50%. It still wasn't even 50%. But in my mind, I was like, you know what? I like where I'm at. If I can find something else to pay the other 50%, I'm going to go for it. And I did. Thanks to God's provisions, through a connection, we're helping this manufacturer with sales and marketing. Wow. So my jump into entrepreneurial was 50-50. And so anyone listening, you're contemplating, it doesn't have to be 100 to zero. It can be some ratio. And so if that works best for you and your family, I encourage you to go for it. So I did 50-50, then eventually 75-25, then eventually 90-10. And then I went 100% into coaching on March 1st, 2020. My family and I made the decision. We're going all in. This is going to be amazing. Thank you, God, for all the cool things happening. And so March 1st, 2020, we went all in. Wow. Wow. What an amazing story. And I love the way you say that it can be any ratio. You don't have to be like 100 to zero, zero to 100, like in one day. It can be something you build up over time. I love the way that you have a different roadmap. And every entrepreneur probably should or can have a different roadmap. So I love that highlight. And I wonder if you could take us back, because I know that this was the time in your life when it was challenging. You didn't know if you could do it. There was still some doubt. And now, of course, thriving weren't thriving in this business right out of the gate though. So how have you continued to grow by having a coach and by being a coach? What has that growth process been like for you? Yeah. I mean, there's a few parts to it. To answer the question, yes, I have a coach. Yes, I'm a participant in Mastermind. Yes, I am consistently trying to learn because I know I need it. And for the outside perspective, I need the coach for the accountability. I need the coach in my life, just like all my clients say they need a coach. And quite honestly, I think we all need coaches. I mean, in the business world, it's a little bit more of a secret still. It hasn't quite gone up, but you go look at sports, everyone knows you got coaches. LeBron James got like 15 coaches, nutritionist, and he's got them all. You know, for me, Matt, and just to share a little bit of that journey, when I went from 50-50 to eventually 100-0, there were ups and downs on that journey. Like it wasn't all just, wow, 50-50, 75-25, 90-10, this is easy peasy. I had some cool things happen. In 2019, I published my first book called Win a Home First. 
And something random, Matt, but I would love to give one of your listeners, or not one, all of them, a free book if they want. They go to my website, CoreyMCarlson.com forward slash free book. They pick which book they want, Win a Home First, which is basically helping with work-life balance. The reason I wrote that book, Matt, it's titled Win a Home First, is because I lost at home first. And my whole passion is I don't want another business leader to lose at home and at work. I do not believe it's an either or. I believe it's a both and. We can win at home and we can win at work. So that's the first book, Went Home First. It's in four parts. First part's on you, understand who you are, understand your identity. The second part is on marriage, most important relationship. The third part's on parenting. And then the last part of the book is on work, sharing some things to help with boundaries. The idea of work expands, contracts to fill the time, all those pieces. Yep. So, and then the other book is called Rise and Go, and I'll get to that in a minute, but it's to help with hope and resilience. And I wrote that after uh, launching a business in March, 2020. Back to my story, and you talk about ups and downs, is I went home first in 2019, and right away, somebody at Forbes magazine says, one of seven books everyone on your team should read. Total, like, cool, random thing that happened, and that helped, and it got momentum. And then I decided I wanted to have a podcast called Went Home First because I love all these podcasts out there saying how people had success, but I would listen to them. And I'm like, that's great. But how in the world did you stay married? How did you not put on 100 pounds? And I'm going to start asking those questions. So that's what the podcast was. And so those are some ups, but some downs were just the stress of being the provider for our family. And what does that look like? And losing a speaking engagement or you get some momentum getting some clients and all of a sudden you lose some. And so I had these ups and downs and it really got to, I call it even a next level of a valley. So March 1st, 2020, I went all in, as I mentioned, left corporate, left somebody else paying for insurance and salary. And we launched, I say we, because it was a family decision. My wife of 24 years and my three kids, one is 19, the other is 15, and the other is about to be 11. So we were launched on March 1st, 2020. And if you know the time, that's COVID. So on March 13th, when America shut down, that day, I basically got a couple of emails or a handful of emails shutting down some speaking engagements. So 35% of my revenue went gone right away. And I tell you what, Matt, I was scared. I was frustrated at God. Quiet time is an important thing in my life. And so for me, my frustration was, hey, God, what happened here? I thought we were doing this together. 50-50, then 75-25, 90-10. You know, I kind of did my part. (laughs) And then all this, it's gone. And how am I going to pay the bills? And, you know, kind of took me down some dark place. And so what ended up happening is over the course of a few months, I got pointed a different scripture that was helpful. I got pointed to inspirational stories. I had guests on my podcast that had cool stories of resilience. And so I started kind of packaging these things, this content together to help me. And then it was, it was helping me. I was getting back up. I was actually rising and going, which is the title. And so as I did that, I still had a lot of my coaching clients and they would have problems of the challenges they were facing during COVID, whether in their marriage or it was in their business. And so I just would say, hey, I I was thinking of this this week. It's something I've been processing. What do you think? And then so it got battle tested with 60 clients over that next year. And as they liked it, I was like, there's a book. So I put together the book, Rise and Go. First 10 chapters are to give you the courage to get back up. And the next 10 chapters are to give you the confidence to move forward. And so that, that's that been the book. And so, Matt, that's part of my story of the ups and downs. Even though I've written the book, Went Home First, I'm not winning every day. 
I still have to ask my kids for forgiveness because the way I snapped at them or the way I handled the situation. And then also on the rise and go piece, I still will have valleys at times. We mentioned that I had just moved to a new house. And I think any listener can feel that when you move to a new house or you get a new car payment or you just feel this heavier load on your shoulders. And so I felt that a little bit like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? What was happening? And and so I have to basically talk to my wise, talk to my coach, talk to my wise counsel in my life, do my quiet time and get back into it because the devil's going to try to steal the joy out of everything that we have. And so it's good. So back to kind of full circle, you asked me how I was doing at the beginning of the show a couple of days ago. I was a little bit in the what in the world happening, but now <laughs> I'm in a good spot. Awesome. One thing I love about you already is that you are able to be so real about the ups and downs. Some people are so concerned with the opinions of others or concerned about the image, especially as a coach or as a leader, that I, I just can't share my hard stuff. I can't share that I'm human. And I appreciate that you're able to share what's really going on. And I wonder how that helps you to connect with your clients, how you can be real with them rather than always keeping things perfect and always being a yes man, how you being transparent, real, how does that show up in your coaching practice, Corey? Oh, well, thank you for that. You know, partly I'm, you know, vulnerable because, I mean, I don't say everything that I'm feeling all the time, right? You got to be wise on when you share different parts of your story, what's going to be applicable, what's helpful. And so I definitely feel the different parts of my story. Hey, I'm prompted to share this part of my marriage or this part of my finances or what happened five years ago or 10 years ago or whatever it is. And so there is a little bit of that. Hey, let's be, let's be wise with our vulnerability. And for that listener, it's not like, hey, just show up and throw up (laughs) with everything. But I think for me, Matt, the reason I do lean towards the vulnerability side, the reason I do share my struggles is every single person is broken. Every single person has insecurities and they have doubts. They wonder if they're enough. Could they be a better father or a mother or a husband or wife or a leader? And the answer is, yes, they can. I mean, they can. We all fall short, thanks to the fall. Back in the beginning of creation, we're all broken. We all fall short. And so obviously, that's the Bible answer. But a real world answer to that is ever since I've been coaching, like when I first started coaching, Matt, I mean, I was nervous. Like, oh, man, this person, they run a $100 million company. They're going to be big and bad. And I'm nervous. But in my experience, everybody has insecurities and they're broken and they are not crushing at home in their marriage. They are not crushing it with their parenting. They're breaking different habits. They're telling lies to themselves like, hey, I'm not going to do this for a week. And it took them one day. Now I'm in this position of just operating from a place of approval as opposed to for approval. Because I know that I'm a beloved son of God, I can operate from a place of approval instead of going for approval. Does everyone like me? Do they think I'm the coolest coach, the best speaker, the best podcast host or guest? And it's like, I mean, yeah, I want people to like me. I'm still human and I'm still trying to grow a business that revolves somewhat around personal brand. So yeah, I'm not insensitive to that. But there's just this piece where it's like, hey, everyone's broken and I'm going to share my stories and let's not stay in the valley. Let's get moving together. Heck yeah. I love it. Again, this is fresh to hear someone talk vulnerably or transparently. I love the story. I'm curious, what is your driving passion and the reason why you do what you do now and lead a coaching company and speak and podcast? Just tell us a little bit about your why, Corey. 
Yeah, I kind of alluded to a little bit earlier, but I lost at home first. I was so focused on climbing the ladder. I was so focused on taking my identity to work and being the man. And I got to achieve this. I got to get my MBA. Got to go, go, go. And anytime we take our identity to something, it doesn't work. There's story after story of people making it to a top of their career. And they're like, really, is this all it is? And I experienced some of that. But anyways, I lost at home and that's a whole nother story we could go down into. I could be more happy to share any of it and all of it. And so, but anyways, I lost at home. And at the time, I just realized that it's a lie that we're told that, hey, it's either work or it's home. You pick. You're either going to be an employee that never climbs the ranks, but you could stay at home and make sure you go to all your kids' games. Or you can climb the ladder, be successful, but you're going to miss out on all your home. And that's the lie. It's not true. If your company is making it that way, get out. <laughs> There's tons of employers out there that would love to have you and and they understand some boundaries. Now, it does, once again, talk about recalibration. It takes recalibration. There are times in my business, I am very busy. I'm traveling. I have a book deadline. I've got things going on that I'm busy and it's kind of like, hey, family, it's going to be a busy week. It's going to be a busy couple of weeks. But then I recalibrate to get back engaged, make sure my wife and I are doing our dates, make sure I'm getting one-on-one time with kids, doing those pieces. And then there's other times where it's kind of a little bit more family and I'm going to take it a little easier on work. So it's a both ends. One reason why I do it is because I lost at home first and I don't want anyone else to lose. I want spouses doing well, marriages thriving, people engaged with their kids and hanging out. From a work standpoint, I've also lost there. I almost had to file bankruptcy because I got aggressive in the real estate right before 2008. So part of my story is poor timing, Matt. That's part of my story. And then I've been fired and I know what that's like. And so I've had these experiences, but what I do know fast forward to now is I've been married for 24 years. And at one point it didn't look like it would have made it this far. I am now running a coaching practice and doing speaking and having success. And at one point, as I said, I was sitting across from a bankruptcy attorney. And so I've been in valleys, but I've been able to get to the other side. And I know there's peaks and valleys ahead too. So I know this story is not over. That's why I'm definitely going at it with peers and wise counsel and coaches and quiet time because it's not over. But that's part of my story. My vision statement, which I talk about in the book, Went Home First, how to write your own vision statement. I know you probably have a vision statement as well, Matt. I guess I'd ask, what's your vision statement? Right behind the wall up here, right behind the webcam. I read it every morning. And my vision statement is to simply be the best dad and husband I could be and impact the world one day at a time. That's awesome. It's fantastic. And there's many leaders who don't have a vision statement. They don't know who they are. And what I found in my own story, as well as all my clients, is it leads to burnout. It leads to a sense of wandering. Who am I? What am I called to do today? Revenue seems to be important today. This seems to be more important. But by giving a vision statement for people, I avoided burnout and I've helped all my clients and then some to help with burnout in a vision statement. So for me, my vision statement is to connect people to greater performance and even more significant purpose. Wow. Performance is I want people winning at home and work. We'll talk about the KPIs that you need for your work and we'll talk about the KPIs you need it for home. And obviously some of these are based on you and your business and he'll help hold you accountable to it. And then on the purpose for me, it's I want to connect people to God. But if I can't or they're not interested, then just a greater purpose in themselves and serve others. And how can you be more forgiving and caring and loving to your employees? 
And so that's my vision statement for any listener listening to it. I talk about how to construct a vision statement using the five P's. It's in the book, Went Home First. And so you can construct the vision statement using that by going to that website we talked about earlier. Fantastic. And that's CoreyCarlson.com forward slash free book. Corey M. Carlson.com. Got it. Little funny Corey story M. on that, Matt, is I'm not a big <laughs> middle name initial guy, but I'm giving a plug for the other Corey Carlson. But when I wrote the book, went home first, I had a writing coach. So that's another thing, Matt. I think anytime I've done something, I hire a coach. So I hired a writing coach. I hired a podcast coach because I don't want to waste my time learning how to do things via YouTube. <laughs> I want a guide to help me to get there. But when I went to write the book, my writing coach said, you need to have a website for the book. And I was like, oh, I'm not trying to build a personal brand. He's like, well, you need to have a Corey Carlson website. So we went and looked and Corey Carlson is a wildlife artist up in the Oregon, Washington area. <laughs> so a funny wow. part of that is he's like, well, you better do your middle initial to make your website. So that became Corey M. Carlson. And I was like, I don't want to do a middle initial. And so I'm standing in my offices. You and I both have books behind our office. And I'm kind of pacing back. I remember this call. And I'm pacing back and forth. I'm like, middle initial? No one uses middle initial. And I look up and I'm going to make it wrong, but it's John C. Maxwell. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and there's somebody else. I'm sorry for whoever that other author is. So I see in my book, John C. Maxwell. I see the other person who's got a middle initial. I'm like, okay, well, forget it. Well, let's go with it. If those guys can do it, I can do it. So pretty oh, fun. But anyways, well, coriumcarlson.com forward slash free book. I was sharing with my daughters earlier. They said, what are you doing this afternoon? I said, I'm meeting Mr. Corey Carlson. They said, Corey Carson, you're meeting Corey Carson? Because there's this famous yeah. kids cartoon with Corey Carson. That's uh, right. You came highly recommended. And, and I hear why you've been so vulnerable and transparent. I want to go a little deeper here on something that I know many of us struggle with. How do you know when you're losing at home? Like, what are some of the signs that you might be losing at home? Like, we think we might know, but how do you know? And yeah, we'll start with that. Great question. Right now, as you ask that question, if someone's got a little prick in their spirit thinking, I think that's me. Well, there you go. You're losing your home. You know, you may know it already. If you have the vibe that you're losing your home, you probably are. And if you're not losing your home, or actually, let's just put it this way. If you don't know if you're losing your home or not, one thing I've done, I've done it with my wife, I've done it with my kids, but it's, hey, on a scale from one to 10, how am I doing as a husband? How am I doing as a dad? And really, whatever their answer is, it doesn't matter. And don't take it personal. They say you're two and you thought you're an eight. But the next thing, the next question is where the real gold is is what is something I can do to move closer to a 10? And whatever comes to mind is probably one of the more irritating things that you do that drives your kids or your spouse crazy. It could be you're always on your phone at night. It could be you say you're going to be home at six o'clock, but you're always home at seven. I mean, and it's like, fix that. That's low hanging fruit that you're doing something that's just driving them bonkers. You know, if you got to be home at seven, say you're going to be home at seven. Stop saying six and showing up at seven. Stop being on your phone at night. I mean, put boundaries on. Your brain needs a breather. You don't need to pay attention to all the sports updates, all the stocks updates. You don't need to pay attention to Fox or CNN. Oh, man, life's too short that we got to be knowing all that stuff. And same with kids. See what the kids say. I remember when I asked my daughters or my kids what it was. So as I explained my morning routine, I like to work out. I like to spend some time in the word. And so by the time I see my kids, I'm fired up. So I've been listening to podcasts and sermons. I've been working out. I mean, I'm ready to go. So usually I can walk into the house and be like, kids, what's your vision? What's your values? What are your goals? Man? What, what's going on? What are you going after today? You know, who are you going to encourage and influence? Let's go. 
anyways, I asked my kids, what's my rank? And I don't remember even what they said. I said, well, what can I do to get better? And my daughter, without even probably me finishing the sentence, said, stop talking about God and goals and coaching before noon. (laughs) (laughs) And it was funny. It led to a good conversation. I explained where I was coming from. I worked out. I'm high energy. I'm excited. These are things I think are cool and passionate about, and I think they'll make you better. But we talked about it. They're not ready for it. And so the cool thing about all that, Matt, is I respected that wish. Did I break it sometimes? Absolutely. I mean, there's sometimes it's like, forget the noon. I'm telling you what I think about this podcast I just heard or whatever. (laughs) Um, But as a whole, I really have tried to honor it. And it's amazing the difference it makes. Big thing on that, Matt, is ask how you're doing and start grabbing that low-hanging fruit. But as far as home goes, we all have KPIs in our business. How many sales calls we want to make a week, how many outreach emails or LinkedIn's we want to send, revenue. But we have KPIs, but many people don't have KPIs at home. And I'm not talking about getting crazy and having some reporting mechanism going, but just some easy KPIs. Like how many dates a month do you go on with your wife or your husband for the lady listeners? My wife and I, we need and want two dates a month and they don't need to be crazy and expensive. It could be going to a nice restaurant, but also could just be hanging out and talking, spending some time together. I try to get a one-on-one time with each kid. I try to do just different things. We become great spouses and parents through consistency, just like working out. You want to work out consistently. You don't all of a sudden going there once a month and just crushing it for five hours isn't going to be good for the body. Instead, it's consistent. Same thing. If you're in town and if you're not in town, send a nice text or something. But what are the things you can do to be connected? Our spouses, they want to be pursued. They want to know that we care about them just as much as we did when we dated and when we got engaged in our early years of marriage. They want to know that they are more important than your football team, than your work, than your video games. For those listeners that are gamers, like whatever it is, they need to be pursued. So are you doing that? Mm, Fantastic. And our kids, our kids care more about our presence than our provision. My kids would much rather have me hanging out with them than having the brand new Jordans, the brand new backpack. And now they want some of that stuff, <laughs> no joke, but they want me around more than they want all those things. And so I think many times as hard charging individuals, we think our family just wants our provision and that's a miss. Corey, you made me chuckle a minute ago when you shared that you come in there and you asked your daughter for feedback. And without hesitation, she says, no God, no goals. What was the third thing? No God, and no, no goals, coaching, no coaching before noon. And eerily similar, like it was in 2017, I asked my kids who my youngest was only two and a half. And she said, daddy, slow down. And my wife said, don't try to coach me or give me that high energy before I've had my first cup of coffee. So I learned to tame the energy down in the morning as well. And I wanted to throw that out there. I appreciate you for being able to have the courage to ask for feedback. And it's okay out there for anyone who's listening. If you've been taught to believe that it's not masculine or it's not the right thing to ask for feedback, then my opinion would be that it's not the right operating system. The operating system for what we're talking about here for a close, connected family is around being able to ask for feedback and how we're doing and and have those open conversations. So I appreciate sharing that. I think it takes more masculinity to ask, how can I get better than it does to be a weenie boy and not speak up? Yeah. 
right? How to go ask, better? how can I be better? How can I love and serve you better? What am I doing wrong? How do I get better? All that, I mean, that's humility. And that takes more masculinity than it is just to hide in your phone or say it's fine and not worry about it. Agreed. I remember, Corey, the first time I ever asked my wife for feedback in this nature, my coach suggested I do it. It was the day after Christmas in 2016. We just had our second daughter and I asked her for feedback and, and I said to her, Julie, if I ask you for some feedback and you can say whatever's on your heart or mind, that I'll do my best just to chill and listen and be open to anything. She said, are you sure? Like without hesitation, are mm. you sure? I was like, yes, mm -hmm. uh, you've been lying to me for years. I'm like, what? You've been lying to me for years. And come to find out, I had a sports car convertible and couldn't fit one kid's seat in the back. And I had told her that we'll get a family vehicle when we had our second child. And we hadn't done that yet. She was two and a half months old. We hadn't gotten the, the car yet. And to me, this was a priority down the list. To her, it was number one priority. And we just weren't communicating. And I wasn't hearing her. She was speaking and I heard the words, but I wasn't truly listening. And that was a big cathartic moment. Everything changed in that moment. So that's my personal testimony to what you've shared. That's great coaching and great feedback. I'm curious, and I know our listeners are curious. We can find you at CodyMCarlson.com. Is there another place that we can follow you, we can learn from you, any social media places, Corey, where we can learn from some of the wisdom we're hearing today? Yeah, I mean, Corey M. Carlson is a great spot. I send out weekly emails of leadership tips and it's got access to different programs I run and coaching and speaking. So that's great. Of all social media platforms, I mean, there, there's new one popping up all the time. I'm loving LinkedIn. I think that's actually how you and I connected through a mutual friend, but I'm enjoying LinkedIn. I've met some good friends. I've met some podcast guests. I've met some clients. I've been clients to other people, been podcast guests to other people. So LinkedIn. It's Corey Carlson. I could drop the M over there, but yeah, at Corey Carlson, or actually maybe it's at Carlson Corey. Anyways, Corey Carlson, Cincinnati. You'll figure it out. You'll find him on there. Uh, phenomenal speaker. And Corey has the books. And Corey, is there anything else in your business? And we didn't want to talk a whole lot about the podcast. We mentioned it briefly. Is there anything else about podcast business, your books that you wanted to share with the audience for clarity or anything else on your mind there? Because I think we could stay here and talk about it forever. I want to see if there's anything else you want to share. Man, one thing that's actually just coming to mind now, maybe because I'm going out of town next week to speak, is if you work for a company, I would heavily consider having me <laughs> or anyone else that's talking about work and home. Employees are wanting a couple things. They're wanting one permission, back to that we talked about earlier in our own conversation, but they want permission to be able to think about work and home. You know, for that leader who thinks, oh, well, I got my stuff under control or I listen to these podcasts, I'm all right, I got a coach, or if that's you listening because you're kind of thing, your employees may not have the tools. They may not be listening to podcasts. They may not be reading books, but yet they're dealing with the same situations that you may be dealing with. Every time, Matt, I open up a workshop or I go to a company to speak, I say hey, to the audience, think of three different challenges that you're currently facing. I don't care what they are. You write them down. You're not going to share with anybody. Your back hurts. Uh, your marriage is struggling. You're not getting along with your teenage daughter. You are bummed that you're going to miss the quarterly forecast. You've got uh, bad culture in the office. You can't stand your boss. Like Just write down whatever the challenges are that are on your mind right now. Now, a sign to that is a personal which kind of means obviously home, or is it professional, which roughly eight to five, assign it. Then I will say, everyone, raise your hand if you have more professional challenges than personal. And almost always 10 to 20% raise their hand. 
And I just say for illustration purposes, for everyone who has more personal challenges in their life than work challenges, raise your hand. And the rest of the 80 to 90% raise their hand. Your company is the same way, more than likely to that listener in the standpoint of, yeah, you guys are working hard. You may all get along, but at the end of the day, everyone has more personal challenges than work challenges. And so I encourage you. Start equipping them, how to handle them. Talk about personal goals. Talk about professional goals. And if you want to bring in an outside speaker to kind of kickstart it, I'd be more than happy to do that and talk about some of the went home for principles. <laughs> I can dial down the faith if I need to for the workshop. I know I've referenced in faith a few times in this, but when I go to public companies or whatever, I can dial that down. But anyways, that'd be one thing is start equipping your team and your company. I think the employers that support work and home, they're going to win. They're going to win in the end. And just because you can't get away from work situations. I mean, Matt, if you get in a fight with your spouse at 7 a.m., you're going to continue that at 9 a.m. because of phones and smartwatches. And then come 2.30, 3 o'clock, you're going to start thinking about it again. Oh, when I get home, I'm going to say this. And then she's going to say this. And so I'm going to say that. And we start preparing for that. The argument we walk in the door. So it's, just, it's hard to differentiate the two. So instead of being in denial, I encourage it. Help equip your team to do that. And I've seen clients who are running big companies where they're talking personal and professional with their team and they're just getting more engagement. They're getting just better results. So that'd be one thing. The last thing I would close off with, Matt, is just no matter what you heard today, you may have heard a lot of things that you thought, hey, I need to do that. Grab one. Just grab one thing and do it. Go on a date with your wife. Go hang out with one of your kids. Go have quiet time. It doesn't matter which one. Just go grab one thing, do it for a while, and then add a second. Thank you so much, Corey. This is real, practical, amazing advice, dear listener. And I hope you take note. I hope that you're able to soak in some of this from someone who has lived it. This is great to hear you share this today, Corey. And ding, ding, ding. Here we are. You're the wrap up at the lightning round here. So I've got a couple last questions for you to take us home. One of them is uh, this is the Eternal Optimist podcast. When I say Eternal Optimist, what might that mean to you, Corey? Well, when I think of eternal, I think of eternity. And so I think not only are we made to work here on earth, but we are doing it for eternity to live with our creator for the rest of life. Aside from Rise and Go and Win at Home First, if there have been another book or two that's been helpful for you in your journey, what might that book or books be? Right now, it's right here on the side. My daily devotion that I'm using is The Word Before Work by Jordan Rayner. So I'm using this book as a devotional, and so I absolutely love that. And so that's been really helpful to kind of kickstart some different thoughts. And then from a business standpoint, reading 10X is Easier Than 2X by Dan Sullivan. Yeah, those Dan Sullivan, Ben Hardy trio of books, it's just mind-blowing. It, it's um, awesome. It, it, it's I mean, it's wow. cool. And it's, yeah. Excellent. If there is a song or a type of music that inspires you, gives you energy, lifts you up, what might your song or type of music be, Corey? Well, I love worship music. I love worship music and working out or listening to all the mainstream artists right now, right? On the worship side, Brandon Lake Excellent. and Need to Breathe and Elevation. Okay. I enjoy those things. But when I'm chilling around the house, it's singer-songwriter, it's Matt Carney, it's Ben Rector. It's just good music like that. I'm pretty simple. I used to be more diverse in my music, but I have realized I don't need to be anymore. <laughs> this is excellent. I, this has been great We've to had learn. a lot of Taylor Swift in our ears lately. Our daughters did that concert, so uh -huh. there's a lot of Taylor Swift. So I've heard my share of that. Now uh -huh. I'm ready for singer-songwriter stuff again. 
So tonight when our family is around the table, Julie and I, when the kids go down, we're gonna be listening to Spotify. We're gonna put the Ben Rector on, Brandon Lake on, and get a little dose of that. So thank you for inspiring us. And it's been a real pleasure to learn from you and be with you. So thank you, Corey, for everything. We love you. We just appreciate everything that you brought today. So God bless you. And thank you, my friend. Thank you, man. I'm grateful for you and what you're doing. And thanks for your heart to make your listeners better. That'd be fun.